What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. This is Patty Holstrand, and we're on live K Rod Radio. And this is uh, we're on live. We are sitting in front of Todd's books, and we're getting some feedback here. Okay, that's real weird. Let me see if I can just run a I run a song here I'll be right back See whether or not there's issues
just in case anybody forgot. Okay, this is Patty Holtzran again, and we're on live. And hopefully, our feedback here, we won't be listening to us. <laughs> wow. Okay, well, we'll just ignore the feedback then, and uh, we'll just keep on going. I'll have to ignore the breakup. It's like like deja vu. I'm hearing myself all over again. So hopefully everyone else can hear me just fine. And we're we're right in front of we're in front of Todd's books and right down here on Main Street. Facing Arizona, right in the mountains, so all those in Phoenix can just say na-na-na. It's beautiful out today. The sun's still out, and we're just, we've got a nice breeze going through here. So we have with us today. We got five authors. We got Michael Bradley who writes steampunk, and we've got uh, we've got a friend of mine, Lynn Boston, who writes a psycho thriller, real adventure stuff. We had lots of lots of different genres in this book, so we were just talking, making fun of the fact that none of us really write any just one genre anymore. And of course we had JJM up and Jen, she writes, you know, pirate adventures. With a little bit of romance which which we were talking about that almost everything has a little bit of romance these days. You have to keep people interested because people like interaction with other characters. Now the only non fiction author we have today is Chet Shoop and Chet of course writes about Eden and spiritual freedom, finding your Regaining your spiritual freedom, and we're going to have him say hello. Hey, Chuck. What? Hi. Hey, who am I talking to? Hello? Hi. Did I do it? Oh, who who am I talking to? Yeah, I'm hearing myself. It's a very boring conversation. Okay, so I I thought when you handed this that I was on the air. Huh? Well, I hope that no one's listening then. Well, I think if you're listening, if you're listening, they'll hear only the first. That's how 
Okay. Okay. Well, I'm not sounding. I'm not sounding very intelligent. Well, I mean, is there an audience out there? Oh, I see. But am I supposed to talk about, uh, am I supposed to sound intelligent? Well, I'm out here uh, we, uh, with a bunch of other authors, and we are just have a book, uh, presenting some books, and uh, I've written a book entitled uh, Eden, Regaining Our Spiritual Freedom, and um so we're having, it's a nice evening and we're having a good time. Okay. That's right. When we came from Phoenix, it was 112. And now it's uh, around 80. Nice breeze. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so I can hand a chip my microphone. I think you've got a bigger head than I do. <laughs> I think you have a bigger head than I do. We're starting to get some traffic here. we got some people walking through here. And... It's it's filling up. We got some lots of cars coming through here. We got some live music in the background. Well, I think they took a this is taking a five minute break, so So apparently the Boston's doing a brisk business tonight. <laughs> Everybody else is fiction. So we're across the street from Henshaw Associates Architecture Planning and a real small gasoline alley, which it kind of reminds me of uh, Cars the Movie, you know, from Disney. Yeah. Yeah. So you live here? If we if we had video tonight, we would we would have you would see in Boston Downs in the middle there talking. He sold a couple books already, and then we're just getting started for the night. It's six twelve, and we've been here about an hour, but you know it's just started picking up after people when you're getting off from work, and they're all heading out here to have some fun. I should do it on a Friday night. No, understand next Friday we're going to be in, right in the heart of Mesa. And that one shows a little later because apparently they, they close up here around 8. Jeez. See, here's an animated talking down there. 
having a conversation down there. Wondering whether or not we can reset this. I believe it's because of the. Oh, I know why. Okay, I fixed it. <laughs> I fixed it. It's because I had the show running. <laughs> oh, that's a doofus of me. <laughs> we got Facebook here. So again, this is a call-in. You guys can call in and say hi. All right. Well, thank you very much. Not taking any phone calls, so you can call here. Guest call-in number is seven one four two four two five one four five. Like I said, we're sitting outside, so we got all the traffic by driving by here. Again, the number guest calling number is seven one four two four two five one four five. Otherwise, you guys just be listening to all of us talking. I'm glad I got that feedback thing taken care of. So now we're on we're on live. We can hear people talking. a customer about his book and his uh, nonfiction, Eden, Regaining Spiritual Freedom. Yeah, the lint down there is just smiling. Of course he's smiling. He's sold several books already. The bank.
circles within their children have a reason for being. But once we destroyed the sisterly bond, suddenly we were desperate. So that's where all this shit comes from. (laughs) But I'm not blaming guys. I mean, mean, it it happened. (laughs) It happened innocently. See, what I say is if you guys thought we'd come around and support you, and if your lives came under threat, we would place our lives in the line. And we'd celebrate it, even if some of us didn't return. So I'm not saying we're bad. To have people around who care about you that much, you bad. It's just that we don't have any homes anymore. Who we are. Chat's working, so. anything to say in chat, definitely write it in here and I'll I'll let the guys know. Ask the questions. I've been patient. Todd's just doing the brisk business. Valley, you guys know where the Beeline Highway is. What in the world is that?
a sycamore tree. That's a sycamore tree, right? Oh, that one across the tree? Getting windy. Outside, they're all, they're singing down there. They got a. Everybody kind of open up their doors. They're sitting outside. We're a nice little community here. Down the street. Hi. That's me. <laughs> I have a time travel romance. Got science fiction in it. You know, none of us write this straight one genre. That just doesn't not done anymore. Yeah. He's the only nonfiction author. I hope. Yeah. Or kind of. He's a little bit fantasy. Welcome to here, and of course you got Todd you know, standing out here. He's kind of enjoying his neighbors. He's opening the door, and he's got people walking through his store. And you know, Todd's got a nice little uh, used bookstore here in Payson, right off of Main Street, which is right now Feline Highway. And right next to him is a little art, you know, artist uh, shop. Got a couple artist shops, got fine art gallery down in and here. Artisans of the Rim. So it's a nice little two story building. And again, we're right across the street from Gasoline Alley. And uh then Child Associates and Woody's. I'm not sure what Woody's does, but he's got something over there. And Lincoln Garage Shore. Which is also across the street. So you got some definitely some uh it looks like the artists have some cowboy art. So that, that's like that would be unusual on Payson. Your cowboy art. Obviously, you know, Payson's definitely known for its uh rodeos. Very famous for its rodeos, it's got rodeos all the time. It's also known as a vent capital of Arizona. 
sometimes we have more events in Payson than any other city in the state. So they got a lot of things going on constantly here and here in Payson. We got Jen here. We met Jen the other day at the at the Phoenix Con. And yes, we're alive. <laughs> She's going, Hey, we can't see you. So here she is primping up. So No, well I did, but I've got I got the uh feedback taken care of. So now we're on live and can't hear it. They're just taping. So sorry to those who probably listened to you earlier we sounded like they had two people talking. Which we did. And me and me. So we got Jen here, and she's and tell us about your book that way for those who didn't hear your show the other day. Oh, yeah, for those who didn't hear me talking about the book at Comic-Con, uh, it's Blackstrap's Ecstasy. It's a pirate adventure, and it's the first book in the series. The next one is uh, Max's Despair, and the books are essentially the adventures that the pirates go through in order to get their ships and crew, so it's most backstories and interesting tales of adventures that these pirates go through um, and how they get out of trouble or actually into trouble most of the time. So now that you got this book done, what are you doing next? Uh, I'm working on Max's Despair. I'm working on several other books, too. And I'm always working on different scripts and things for the pirates to do. Talk about your, your scripting. Um, the, the scripts, I I am not a scriptwriter. <laughs> I'm doing the best I can. I'm learning. Uh, fortunately, I have a group of people with the Dread Fleet that are willing to tolerate my learning curve. <laughs> and uh, we put on a show at Comic-Con. Uh, and we're hoping to do another show next year at Comic-Con. They've already asked us back. And basically, they're short, 45-minute um, to an hour stage shows uh, with music and dancing and adventure and fighting. And they're and you, you take scenes from your story, right? And then you script it. Yes, yes. The the first one was all scenes from Blackstrap's Ecstasy. This last one was uh, mostly just the characters, less scenes directly from the book, but it was all characters from the book. So when's your next book yeah. coming out? I, I'm really, really working hard to have it out by uh, the fall. What can we expect for that one? I'm sorry? Same type of story? Yeah. Uh, what can your author, or readers glean from that one? It, it'll be very much like um, Ecstasy was written. Uh, this one is how Captain Max got his ship, The Despair, and managed to get his crew. Uh, they are a delightful bunch as well. <laughs> so, yeah, where can they find you online? Um, I have uh, Facebook, JJMC on Facebook, and uh, the Captain Blackstrap also has a Facebook page. Well, the pirate stories, they are written, they're basically the people that I 
Great. So what are you doing uh, in Payson with us? Uh, we are at Todd's Books, and I'm really enjoying actually listening to all the other authors talk about their books, too. I think I'm having more fun doing that than selling my own book. <laughs> well, you know, you learn from you learn things from other authors. Yeah. Doing that, but taking the time out to do that. we got a very um, varied group that's really fun. Well, it's a diverse group, don't you think? Yeah. What do you think about the weather here? Lovely. It's much nicer than Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, na na na. <laughs> it's very nice. It's very windy. Yeah, it's windy. It's windy, but it's still kind of nice. But it's uh, sunny. You, know, you can see the mountains right here, so it's so nice to see. It's green. Yes. Makes me want to stay longer though at my cabin up here. I don't want to go. I don't want to go home yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for stopping by here and the public toucher to Jen later. Thanks, Thank Jen. You. Thank you, Jen. Got to keep everybody busy here. So that was Jen, and of course her her book is Black Drops Up to Ecstasy. You guys want to have that book? It's, it's online at azpublishingservices.com slash bookstore.php. Also, if you go on the, that bookstore and you wish to say, hey, I'd rather buy it on Amazon, then I got an Amazon uh, button as well. It goes right directly to that book online. So if you can't make it out to Payson uh, for a live booking, definitely let us know. And uh, and if you, if you buy it today, you can also get it uh, uh, personalized, so uh, just let us know. You can see, you know, send us uh, information on Facebook if you buy that book. If you buy it through uh, through the publisher's website, which is azpublishingservices.com slash bookstore, and that's capital B-O-O-K, capital S-T-O-R-E dot P-H-B, you can uh, write a note after you purchases on on how you want it customized. So definitely let us know. And if you buy it and you want to let me know on Facebook, I just left you that information on the chat. And my Facebook uh, address is facebook.com slash pj, that's Patty Joe. Dot Holtstrand, H U L T S T R A N D, that's two T's, P J dot Holtstrand, H U L T S T R A N D. We're going to take a short break, unless, of course, you guys want to sit here and listen to the cowboy music. That's fine with me. I tell you what, I'll put the microphone down, you guys can listen to the music and the nice conversation we got going on. Instead of taking a break. That way I can get into a little bit of water and uh, see if anybody wants to call in. Again, you've got guest call number. We are live, so you can call in 714-242-5145. Sorry, that's not really cowboy music, is it? Here I said it was cowboy music. No longer cowboy music. It's now pop.
belly dance class. Likewise, $10 a month. I look forward to your notes and Kindles. You can pick up Muscle. 
We are doing fresh business now. We got lots of people here, and we're on live at Impaxon, uh, and we're out in front of Todd's books, and we're we're, uh, we're talking to people and taking names, and we have people selling books. So we're doing well. The kind of funny thing is that you know this is a small world, and Chet saw a friend that he, she lives down in the valley. Yeah, yeah. yeah she you got somebody yeah, down in the valley who came up to. She works uh, at the, uh, I have. I don't know if I told you about. It. I had this leg this morning. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Well, I was going to the, the chiropractor. She okay. So ah. that's how I do her. And when she walked up here, I thought. Yeah, I know that woman, but I had no clue she was in, yeah, she was in there. about uh, where I knew her. Yeah. Well, I wasn't sure, but I knew I did. Yeah, you never know. Well, you know, I, I guess, did you hear what I told her? I finally figured out what caused this. She was a total mystery to me. Well, I was coming home on the bike one night going around a real sharp curve. And I was pushing it too hard because I was drunk. I wasn't real drunk. I only had one beer. But I am very sensitive. But I'm sensitive to alcohol real bad. And so I was really not thinking. Yeah, you bite put it. Okay. Oh, are they listening to me? I really, really wasn't thinking. And I was pushing that curve harder than I should. The bike started to go out. Well, when that happens, I stick my leg sort of up in the air. Didn't hit anything to try to regain balance, which I did. But what happened is, and I, I later figured out I know this, I tightened the muscle so hard across my inner thigh that it bruised a nerve. And that that nerve took about a month. Took about a month to uh, calm down. And during that time, I suffered a lot of leg pain. How you doing? Alex, now you know. I thought that had something to do with the nerve. Yeah. Where it is. Well, pirate. Female pirate. Female pirate. Yes, female pirate. We have people down stories and yeah, talking to each other. We got a little bit of everything here. So we got nonfiction, of course. We got some, you know, fiction. We got uh, Michael Bradley down at the end. He's got, and of course, we got me who's got John Travel Romance and we got Jen with her, you know, she's all dressed up, by the way. Just to let you know. She dressed up as her, as her persona, her, her black, black strap pirate. She's got her old costume on. And Michael Bradley on it, and he his he writes uh, steampunk. And for most who don't know what steampunk is, turn of the century. Oh, <laughs> watch out! Be careful.
They're getting out is just going to be a bitch. <laughs> We're all kind of sardined here. Being in here and I think Jenna wants to sit down. She gets so nervous when she sits down. So Besides the fact, she's got so many, so many belts on. I don't think she can possibly sit down anyway. We got getting quite a few people. I don't know how they place it left to uh, park. Yeah, maybe one more parking space left. Otherwise, it's pretty full up. Yeah, after sharing it, you know, giving each other some advice and different things, you know, different places they can go online here and check things out. Well, this ends up with another chat down there. We had some people coming in and out of the store. Sets. I'm going to run a couple of these shows that we did in Queens Comic Con. And since we are here with JJ Jen, we are going to run her 15 minute show here. So you can learn more about her other than you know, being live here. Again, this was a uh, pre recorded show we did strictly at Queens Comic Con last weekend. This is Abby Holstrom, and we're over here at Phoenix Comic Con, and we're talking to Jen, also known as J-J-M. So, Jen, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into writing. Um, I grew up in a really small town, so when I got to the age where I could make up stories and write them down, I was always writing stuff down, and I spend a lot of time out in... Out in the fields, out in the woods, writing stories. How old were you about that time? Um, I started writing writing stories when I was about 
10 or 11? Would you say that you did that out of boredom? Or something else? Is that you had creativity in you that perhaps maybe your parents had? Um, I think it was a lot out of boredom, but I have, I had a lot of creativity, I think, at that time. Uh, my parents ran a small business, so they weren't really that creative of a family, but we were very entrepreneurial, so, yeah. I think to be in business, you have to be somewhat creative. Of course, you, have to, you can't be creative with the, with the books, but you can be creative with other things for making money. So, when did you come to Phoenix? I came to Phoenix in 2000. Uh, my husband was uh, in the Air Force, and we really didn't have a choice. And Phoenix is the biggest city I have ever lived in, and it sort of scared me and surprised me because I thought I was coming out to, like, the empty desert, tumbleweeds, stuff like that. Where are you from again? Upstate New York. Ah. Once upon a time, I went to New York, and uh, we went to a play where they depicted everyone from Arizona being, you know, with Indians, yet. So they have a real skewed view of what we are all about out here. Do you think that's the same case with you? Yeah, uh, but it goes both ways because while I had a very skewed view of what Arizona and the desert was like, people also, as soon as they hear I'm from New York, they immediately think I'm from the city. And that was not the case when I was growing up. I grew up in a very empty, open area, a lot of trees, a lot of swamps, a lot of open fields. And we have a lot of that around here, too. Yeah. And Arizona is one of those diverse, you know, uh, states where we have, you know, thinking desert in one part, and then you've got a green, lush, you know, area in the other part. Do you think that you prefer the forest, or do you prefer the, the desert landscape? I miss the green. Sorry. I, I prefer to go up north in Arizona. I really am not a fan of the desert. Sorry. Just the way it is. I know some people are real desert lovers. I'm not. So, when you got here, and you were, you were still, your husband was still in the Army, or Navy, yeah, Air Force. And so, when did you start writing when you were here? Oh, I was writing all the time when I was here, too. I had I, my son, who was only about a year and a half old when we moved out here, so I'd write things down and then tell him stories. And So, I was always writing to entertain myself, too, because I was at the housewife stage. And so, stay-at-home mom, didn't have a whole lot to do. Daytime TV is not fun. So when I first got married, I lived down in the Stinkin' Desert from Yuma. And we had a, a farm out there we were working on uh, for my husband who has, his, his brother had a farm. So I was bored out of my mind because I grew up here. And there's a lot of things to do here, nothing to do out there. So I don't understand you at all when it comes to that. I, I like having people around me. I'm not used to not having people around me. So, when you started writing here, so obviously you got into pirates. Apparently because you are in pirate gear here. So, tell us about how you got involved there. Um, I do the National Novel Writing Month every year, NaNoWriMo. And one year I had this pirate character stuck in my head. And not the pirate character that's in Blackstrap's Ecstasy, surprisingly. And she wouldn't leave my head. So I'm like, alright, fine. I'm going to get a pirate costume. And I'm going to see if I can find some other people who are interested in this. And I ran across the Arizona Corsairs, who were very interesting, not quite what I was looking for. And then I met Max, who is Captain Max. And, yeah, Captain Max, whose book is the next one in the series, Max is Despair. 
and mostly I just started out doing it for fun, and then we got into doing shows and performance stuff, too. So when you say shows, what kind of shows are we talking about? Uh, swords, stunts, uh, dancing, a little bit slapstick, very lighthearted. We don't do anything that's really dark and brooding or anything like that. Uh, more fun and comedic. And we are doing a show at Comic-Con in room 232 at 6.30 tonight and at 7 o'clock on Saturday night. So come see. So you're going to stay busy. You're staying busy. Now, I know that you also do belly dancing. How did you get involved with that? Uh, belly dancing, I I actually went, when I was 12 years old, I went to Watkins Glen with my family, and there was a belly dancing poet. And I absolutely fell in love with her, and I said, that is what I want to be when I grow up. Somehow I ended up being a belly dancing pirate. I guess the universe heard me wrong. So, <laughs> but, and when I came out to Arizona, there's a huge belly dance community out here. I also teach belly dance on the west side. Uh, but it's just a lot of fun, and I think everybody should definitely get into that, too. Men and women. There you go. Mixed gender. That's cool. So, how did you create a persona? You know, I don't know that I actually create the personas. I really think they just sort of fall into my head. They develop into deeper characters as I work with them, but it's really more like interviewing and getting to know a friend rather than creating it for me anyway. So, how did you come up with the idea of your of your new book here, Boxtrap Ecstasy? Well... Uh, as playing pirate with the Arizona Corsairs, I had to come up with my own pirate personality, and I just came up with Blackstrap because Blackstrap actually is the type of molasses that they use for rum, and I was drinking a lot of rum at the time, so I thought, well, why not? And I love the play on words with ecstasy being so many possible meanings with the ship. And uh, hi, how are you? That's okay. <laughs> Uh, so, the pirate Blackstrap, uh, she, and the, the book, sorry, I got a little off track, didn't I? Um, but the book is about... She got distracted by somebody, somebody in a lot of garb and a very large, very large gun. Yeah, they're carrying a large gun, it's, but it's Comic-Con, so I guess that's normal. <laughs> but the book is basically the character of Captain Blackstrap and how she found her crew. The crew and characters in the book are based off of people that I know. So look around at Comic-Con or any of our shows and try to recognize who they are. I have been told by some people that I pegged them really well and others don't want to admit it. So <laughs> That's interesting. Just some of them don't want to admit that they're in your book. But, yeah, it looks like. Well, that's a cloth mask, because, you know, he is just, yeah, yeah. 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 it's terrible. It's terrible. I'm sure we can tear him out for a couple But, okay, so now that you've got your book out, and I know you've got some short stories, tell us about those. Um, I do have a couple short stories. The short stories, some of them are based off of the characters in the pirate book that didn't get a whole lot of spotlight time. Like uh, Bean to Zine, which actually isn't one character, it's a group of characters. They are the Daughters of Treasure, and they are the harem girls that Blackstrap liberated from the Sultana's palace, and they... Did she, did she save them? 
Uh, some of them feel they were saved, some don't feel they were saved. Especially when they realize that Blackstrap didn't want to just take them on a joyride on a pirate ship. She actually wants to put them to work. Ah. So, and that wasn't their kind of work before. No, not at all, not at all. So, but the stories are that Blackstrap is desperately trying to train them how to use weapons and be pirates. And while they are all very sneaking, conniving women, they are not all adept at using weaponry. Uh, again, in the shows, I we demonstrate some of the fun things that we do between belly dance and stunt choreography to kind of combine the dance and fight. Yes, I was going to talk to you about that stunt choreography based on your sword fights in your book, right? So how, how do you go about that? Uh, I tried... I learned sword fighting from Max and from Dirk, who goes by Theodoric Brandywine. Uh, they're both sword fighters in the uh, competition sense. They do tournament sword fighting for the pirate stuff. And also Casey Flute, who is uh, Captain Redcap, she trains the stunt fighters to do that choreography. I try to write based on what I've learned in the sword fighting, trying not to skim over and I don't like to miss the gory details when it comes to blood and guts and awesome. stuff. Awesome. <laughs> that makes it real, you know, to, uh, you know, to color code it. It's just not any fun. It's not reality. Right. And so you have to make the characters more dimensional. Yes. So what's next for you? Uh, well, I have written a couple short zombie stories. I do want to do that. I also have a young adult uh, fiction fantasy it's called Trolls. I'm really working on trying to get that out. And, of course, Max's Despair. Uh, that's the second book in the Dread series. And just always writing, always enjoying writing scripts. I have been asked to do a script for a belly dance uh, piece, but I am not supposed to talk about that. So hush-hush about that one, but it's a lot of fun. And I just enjoy writing. I'll have to interview you again when, when we do that one. All right. <laughs> So, I know there's another book coming up, and you're working on it. Yes. So, tell us a little bit about that one. And I, obviously, I think what you did was you ended this one, and then you see the scene and you know, kind of continuation in the next book. Yes. Uh, Max's Despair is a, is a continuation off of Blackstrap, the story that started in Blackstrap's Ecstasy. But really, much like how Blackstrap book is written in this disjointed flashback fashion, so is despair. It is about how Captain Max met his crew and where he came from and the interesting story that that is. I don't want to give away too much because Max has a very interesting history, but I promise mermaids. Ah, mermaids. And, uh, yes, yeah, some very interesting mermaids. Are they, are they nice mermaids or are they vicious ones? They are not vicious, but I think anything that has a magical nature to it can't always be trusted. So Max has to be careful the deals that he makes with mermaids. Well, he needs to be, a, be careful of every woman. Yes, Max definitely has to be careful of women. He is warned several times that women will be his downfall. I don't think he's learned yet. Well, uh, they don't usually. No. What about me? No. <laughs> All the women in the book. talking about that. Um, okay, so we got the story that's coming up, and that's going to be out approximately? Uh, hopefully in the fall, or summer of 2012.
do my best. <laughs> Probably safer to say, you know, by September, which would be like fall, September, October. I would love to get it out by Talk Like a Pirate Day because the Dredge Fleet does Talk Like a Pirate Day at Westgate, and I would love to have it out by then. Which will be when? Uh, I believe it's on September 22nd. Don't quote me on that one. Check out the dreadfleet.com page. Which is? The dreadfleet.com. That's D-R-E-A-D, everyone. Yes. dot com. So, do you have a website of your own for your books? Uh, I do not have a website specifically for the books, but I do have a Facebook page for the Blackstraps Ecstasy, and I do have a Facebook page for JJM Seep, um, and I also have a Facebook page for Bean Tazine, because they are wonderful dancers, and you can see what they do. So what are you doing out here at Con? Uh, at the convention, we're selling t-shirts for the Dread Fleet. We're selling a whole bunch of interesting pirate treasure for the Dread Fleet. I do have copies of Black Shops Ecstasy that have a sneak peek at Max's Despair. Uh, we're also doing a show. I think I mentioned that uh, room 232, 6.30 on Friday night, and 7 o'clock on Saturday night. Now, is that in the normal Phoenix Convention Center, or is that one of the off buildings? That's in the hotel room, uh, room 232, which is upstairs from the exhibition hall. Which which hotel? Uh, the one we're currently in. Oh, okay. I don't this, is a, this is Phoenix. <laughs> This is a Phoenix Convention Center. This is a Convention Center. I'm sorry, yeah. I get very turned around. In the book, Blackstrap is lost all the time. That is very appropriate, then. That is very appropriate. It's very true. Okay, well, closer to your personality, yeah. So, it's got almost a lot of time, but I just want to say thank you so much for coming on here. But if they want to come and see you here at Phoenix Comic Con this weekend, where do they find you? We are at booth 1053, 1053, um, and come see us. We've got lots of pirate treasure and stuff out, and there's always pirates wandering around us. Uh, come see the Dread Fleet. And Not every pirate is created equal, so be careful who you who you snack. Yes, be careful. Be careful of the pirates. We're all dangerous. <laughs> Thanks so much, and, and I'm looking forward to seeing your, your next book coming up, and of course I, I'm still looking forward to reading the first one, but I'm not quite done yet. So, I'm looking forward to finding out what happens at the end. Because I've already read your beginning of your first one, of your second book, so out of by chance. So, you also find uh, her book at azpublishingservices.com online and also on Amazon in uh, print format right now and also going to be in Kindle format and all the other formats possible known to man. So, you can definitely look on AZ Publishing Services for all your details when it comes to different versions that you can get a hold of. So with that, we'd like to take it good night, and we're on to our next interview. This is Phoenix Comic Con, and this is Hattie Holstrand with KWOD Radio signing out. Man was surprised. and figured out it was. He did three summers in a row. He did Shakespeare in the Park in Manhattan. And he dropped a whole bunch of junk on Meryl Streep's head. Because he was up in the rafters. And he dropped a whole bunch. Yeah, it wasn't not, I mean, it was nothing heavy. It was just some. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> well, 
He's he's, he's off that job. He'll never have that job. Drop it on Meryl Street's head. And I'll tell you something else. You know, I've often noticed in the past when you see people that look a lot alike, they have a lot of the same mannerisms yeah. and things. And, and your mannerisms, your voice, your tone, and your, the way you use your arms are very male streaky. Like. Uh, my, my, I, my, I'm really surprised. I'm really surprised. No one's ever said that. Drives a, drives a tour bus in, in L.A. somewhere. Well, it's nice. And from the, not so much face on, but from the profile, sitting in that bus, he's a dead rare for George Kennedy. People get on that bus thinking George Kennedy is driving. Oh, he does. The profile is, again, face on, not so much, but the profile. George Kennedy. George Kennedy. <laughs> For those who don't know who George Kennedy is, that, that was a while back. That was an um, airplane. And he was in a, quite a few of the disaster movies. Yeah, he did a lot, a lot of disaster movies. So, for those young ones who don't know who George Kennedy is, that is very nice. That's pretty sad. Bill Nye, the science guy. That's right. We're sitting here listening to Todd from Todd's Books. So where did you work with him? Uh, we both worked I was at living here. Uh, 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 Jane's Dobbs is used, or James Cameron used to 
Jim Cameron. Yeah. yeah. He's been in a number of things. But a real down to earth guy. We had lunch together. Well, we were all sitting there at the table. He just happened to be a real regular guy. So you were one of the tech patients trying to get the plan under control? No, 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 no. I wasn't in the movie. Oh. It's a long story. No, I just had a real interest in movie making, and in the trailer park where my friends were living, this guy had moved in, and he did special effects. Not not visual special effects, but. You know, if they needed a safe in the scene or whatever, he'd make them out of plywood and paint it up. Ah, oh, okay. Well, he's in charge of sets. So I went out to talk to him and, and got an invite down to the set. So I just went down there and spent the day. Very cool. Well, most of the day. Oh, great. Just to kind of absorb some of the... Crept in the story there. About uh, not having any light out here once the, or at least not not as much as we're used to. I mean, there's gonna be some light, but it's, we're used to a lot more light because the streets. <laughs> we don't consider that out. We have some young girls here, and they are uh, definitely liking. She'd be so cute, she's illegal. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, I live in a, okay, honey, you want, you're have a I live in a quad yeah, yeah, pirate outfit. It's amazing. And you know, with she all of the uh, people uh, concerned about men and these girls, you know, I mean, I'm very careful <laughs> not to look at any girl. And uh, the other here, uh, here about three weeks ago, there was a gal, a little gal, skipping really down the deer with her dog in behind her. It was just such a nice, delightful sight that I was looking at it. And then so I thought really I caught real? myself. I said, oh. well, I can't do this. Uh-huh. And, and I'm not blaming people in places, no. you know, no, with the things that go on. I mean, it's not that I'm blaming anyone or anything. It's just the way it okay. is. Are you going to sign Jennifer's name in there, too, or just Heather? 
you know, she had been giving a presentation. She said, she said the good old boys almost moved me off the stage. I said, you're kidding. She said, no, not at all. Um, and so uh, I said, I... I want to do a telephone interview with you, a telephone interview, because I want to be able to record the class because I had to write a paper for class. That's what started it. So I did. I did the interview and, and wrote up the paper and turned it in, and I gave her a copy of But it, it made me ashamed to be part of academia and even to be a man. I mean, you know, this yeah. Uh, well, this day and age, that kind of crap was going on. Well, was Is the, is the one that wrote about Lucy. He was the one that discovered that almost total humanoid about three million years ago. And he has since come to ASU. As a matter of fact, they've got uh, Lucy down there out of the Do they really? And then that's anthropology. Uh, and, and he's a top, one of the top people in the country. So that's just why I brought up the name. If, if uh, he was one of the good old boys, probably not. No, I think it more has to do with you know the, the presidents and vice presidents and regents and yeah. that are involved in David. And, and you know why? Well, precisely. That's what I was going to say. Uh, first of all. Men operate more in the good old man's, uh, you know, the friendship type of thing. But as women have gotten more educated and more out there, most of these roles that men have had a lot grip on for decades, women can probably do most of them better than guys can You know, I was an, I'm an electronics engineer by profession. Occasionally, top management would do from Motorola, Motorola to Fairchild, you know. Well, the secretary is always one of the guys. And I suspect the secretary is one that's doing most of the work. Yeah. <laughs> We're reminding him what needed to be taken care of. Well, I did software, and there, there weren't many women in it, but there were a few, you know, breaking in. But, uh, My mom was part of that. He, I never, she got to break never up threatened that. by that. Well, they, 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 when they had the Barbie. Well, I was Barbie an engineer in Panama. I hate math because girls are bad at math. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know. Barbie, you call the string, you turn fire. I don't remember that. They banned it.
way that it's presented, though. I, I know in, in teaching computer classes, women learn about computers entirely different. Yeah, well, I'm sure that's No, and I'm sure that women can sell and that they're these guys. And I, I learned very fast on Hear the music in the background. Maybe people walk in. Hi, church. I'm going to go down. I'm going to get you down. Oh, it's a live band, isn't it? Looks like a live band, man. Yeah, he's got a keyboard there. Tambourine, and uh, he's got the keyboard.
pretty soon you've uh, you got a much better answer than So in some ways simulation has almost removed higher order mathematics from the necessity.
It is, yeah, I, I'm not, I think I say what I'm thinking right now. <laughs> yeah, because we, we, get, we get that kind of people in this in the city as well. <laughs> nah. <laughs> She's dangerous. I know, you have no weapon on you, you know, but, you know, again, it's the belts, and it's, you know, it's everything. What can you say? You're intimidating to other women. <laughs> well, they know it's there. about the guy. See? <laughs> this is Todd's world here. Ready for that yet? My in-laws, there's like a 
consider the fact that we're sitting here in uh, in the small town, which has some, some street lights, but you know not quite that many. So we had considered the thought that when the that when the sun goes down, it really goes down in Payson. I am going to put on. Commodore Max's five-minute program, just to fill in the gaps here, because we have about 25 more minutes, yeah, 24, 24 more minutes here. We are closing up here after 8 o'clock, so this is Howdy, I'm Shane, and we're with KWAD Radio, and we're out here at Phoenix Comic Con, and we just got done talking to Jen, and we're now talking to Captain Max. Captain Max, tell us a little bit about yourself. I am a pirate. I'm Commodore of the Dread Fleet. <laughs> my what was my first clue on that? Pardon? What was the first clue on that one? I don't know. Maybe the the patch of my eye? Oh, my coat? Yeah, your coat. I've got a very nice cap. He has no patch, by the way. At least not, at least not on his face. No, I don't. I don't need it. This looks so, nice. so how do you come up with a persona? I've been working on this persona since 1987. Uh, it's kind of just start with a basic idea and then it just over time it evolves and evolves and I've become the man I am today. Which is a captain. Which is a Commodore. Oh, he has been, that's right, he is Commodore. I apologize. The title of Commodore is bestowed upon me by one of uh, the captains I sponsored, four captains. She said that she would follow me and call me Commodore if I sponsored her, so I said okay. So how does that work with the, with the different fleets? Um, there was an organization of pirates in town. It's been around for a long time, many, many, 20, 30 years. According to their rules, the only way you could become a captain is if an existing captain sponsored you for a year. And in that year, you had to prove yourself worthy of the title, at which time you'd become recognized as a captain. So when I first met her, I was still involved with that uh, system. Now, Harry, you were talking about Jen. Correct, Jen. She's the one that came to, came to me a couple years ago and said... She wanted to be a pirate. I said, okay, we can all be pirates. 
So I know that you taught her how to how to sword do the sword. How to sword fight? Yes. Yes. It took a long time, but she picked it up. I used to teach starting with bamboo swords so that you wouldn't get too hurt. And once I felt you were ready, you moved up to steel. So she's up to steel, and she's really pretty deadly. Um, yeah, she's deadly. I kind of kept on with that because I'm used to foils and, and fencing. So I said, no, it's not fencing. It's still called fencing, but it's not the, what you see on TV. It's not that sport fencing. This is fencing with rapiers, and it was done to train you to kill someone else, which is what we do. We don't we don't fence with foils, and we don't go by points. It's all by death kills. This isn't nice fencing. This is uh, these are real swords that you guys practice with. They're real swords. They're not sharpened. If they're exactly what they would use in the Middle Ages, just sharpened for duels. Um, we just don't sharpen ours. We blunt the tips, actually, so we don't hurt each other too bad. So what are you doing out here at Phoenix Comic Con? We're promoting the Dread Fleet, our new organization. We're a 501c3 nonprofit based in Phoenix. We've got a show to do here at Comic Con today and tomorrow, which is a script kind of written off Jen's book. Yeah, she told us about that. Who, who thought of that idea? That was all her idea. It's called scripting, right? Yes, yeah, she she wrote the script for this one. She wanted to get into scripting, realized it's kind of way different from writing a novel, but she enjoys doing it. And uh, this this one's kind of stressing her out. It's the first one. So it's the first time she can do scripting here at Vince Comic Con. We did a show here last year, but we just basically acted out scenes from the book, so it wasn't very hard to script that up. This is uh, just using the same characters in different situations. So it took some, some writing and working with the talents that we are, have or don't have, which I'm not very talented. So when she uh, when she does the scripting, does she also, does she fight with another another lady or does she fight with a man or both? Um, for this for this show yeah. this weekend, it's she's fighting uh, another captain, Captain Redcap. She's also on the fleet, and she's a woman. She she's a very hairless man. No, I'm kidding. She's she's a woman. Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, what booth number are you in if they want to come and see you here at Phoenix Comic Con this weekend? We're at booth 1053, and we've got two booths. We've got a lot of t-shirts, a lot of swag sitting out here, and a lot of pirates hanging around. There you um, go. A lot of great fun over here, a lot of ironing. And they're, like, in the near the back here, next to the exit. So, they're, if you go straight down the aisle 1000, you'll, you'll see them near the back. And so, we're sitting here at Phoenix Comic Con. Thanks very much, Max, for, for talking to me. And uh, love your outfit, as always. Thank you. He definitely fits apart, and we're... Arr. Arr. There you go. That's fun. What's the pirate's favorite letter? Letter R. Nope. The C. Okay. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> anyway, now we're going to end it. This has been Patty Holstrand, which is KWAD Radio, and we're out at Phoenix Comic Con all weekend. We'll be talking again soon. Thank you. And she didn't see it before. Yeah, we're here live. And that was the end of Commodore Max's, uh, yeah, that was Phoenix Comic Con. We were talking to him.
uh, during the Comic-Con on Friday. And that was last weekend down in the valley. And we got, you know, we had some authors in hand here. And it's starting to get dark, but we got a little... Uh, it's kind of funny, Todd brought out a, a lamp out here. And it's like um, like a writing lamp, you know, kind of that we would be, like, typing away at. So it's really apropos for our uh, books here, of course. And as he puts it, he just gives a little ambiance to uh, our writing here. Our show, so. Yeah. Yes, you did. He writes a lot, so we we put several articles of his in there. I'm talking about the newspaper. It's uh, kind of con- you know, connotations newsing. Got um, which is this local spe- speculative fiction and con- convention newspaper. It's 22 year old newspaper. Been around for a while. I've uh, done the last six issues, and we're happy with that. And we've got it real busy. Got lots of cool stuff. We do book, book reviews and um, and articles. We did, you know, we do movie reviews as well. We do some features, some feature articles. We do some science. We got a couple pages of science. And this last time, we actually have a comic book art, uh, comic book writer now. We write about comic books. What's he got? He got what? Oh, yeah? I was about to see that, Shatter's up there? Wow. I'm talking about an app on uh, I- the iPhone? I know, that's a cool. I've heard about it. I haven't seen it. So it's not even dark out yet, and we have someone who's showing us where Saturn is up in the sky because we can't even possibly see it here. We've got the moon that's about three quarters full. And she's right through the building. Wow. I know, that's really cool. I saw it on, the, I think it's Jimmy Kimmel Live, but I didn't, I didn't see it. So, since we had the eclipse, everything's a little bit off. <laughs> Put it back on. Yeah, she's falling over. We'll have, get, we'll have to get her a stand. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's... Yeah. That's why I'm not selling that one. It's just selling for show. Look at an iPhone iPhone over there. You can see the stars and where the where the different planets are. You can't see them physically, but you can see them on the iPhone there. I've got an app for it. Very cool. Good. Now Lynn's looking for it. <laughs> you know what his real name is? Lynn. His real name is Bob Frank. 
His real name is Bob Frank. But he goes by Lim Boston for his book. Oh, yeah. I said, well, okay, that means you have three three first names. <laughs> well, he's definitely a lovely night. What? Top researchers? What are you talking about? Yeah, Phoenix Lights. Since we're talking about Phoenix Lights, and <laughs> it's, it's too long. There's no way we possibly do it for that long. Yeah, they still haven't given us any good explanation for that. They don't want to give us any explanation for that. <laughs> Oh, really? We were down in the Mexico Ninja. We were riding our bikes down in the Mexico Ninja. Bob and Ninja. We were out there looking at the map. It's pitch dark. And I saw the light up there, but I didn't think much about it. A little bit later, another guy says, What is that up there? And it did exactly the kind of things that all these UFOs do. I mean, it sort of moved around slowly, and all of a sudden, it started moving away. And in no time, it was gone. Well, you know, I probably never remembered the incident, except when we got down to La Paz the next evening to get our tickets for the ferry over the main. The first thing the ticket counter asked us when we walked up is, did you see the UFO last night? Turns out that a bunch of the people who work on the ferry saw it take off from that area. And the people who were coming in on the ferry from the mainland that evening saw it leave. So it was a big deal then. I've seen three UFOs. I've seen others that knew it
time frame as it's going away of trying to figure out an explanation for what life is all about. Well, I mean, really, well, how can we be so arrogant to think that we're all alone here? Well, I worked with this engineer for years, and uh, and uh, someone told me, yes, has someone ever told you about his UFO stories? And I said, no, he's never said anything to me about it. So I and two other people, two or three other guys, ended up on it. Lee flew in the Air Force in Korea, and uh, he said that station off Korea, you know, where they would get radar and visual sightings, and they would go out after these objects just to find out what they were, and about the time they got from the radar, about the time they got those, that's where they was going to tell the object would flip over somewhere else. So it was just...
deals out here. Star Trek fans here, yeah. down to the last couple of minutes and I'm going to go ahead and sign off for the night. This is Patty Hellstrand and this is KWAD Radio signing out for the evening. And uh, it was nice because he's also new friends and we made, we made some sales and that's definitely what we came for. So, got the names out. Awesome. Okay, good night and see you uh, next Tuesday night. Next Tuesday night we're speaking to Len Boston personally for over an hour on his book through the mind's eye. So definitely come by. As, you know, that's going to be 5.30 to 6.30 next Tuesday. It's Arizona time or uh, Mountain Standard time, which is going to be 8.30 uh, Eastern time. So until then, we'll see you next week.